Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. So what's in a date? Dates come and go. Dates are remembered. We have anniversaries, we have birthdays, we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day, we have Christmas, we have Easter. There are dates when people are born around the world who are friends and colleagues. There are days when people have died and we mourn. Today is the 4th of July, and 244 years ago today, a republic was born, the United States of America. That's a date. Some celebrate it with great honor. Others who are immigrants like me get to celebrate it by proxy in the sense that we were not born here, but we came here and vicariously we lived through the accomplishments of that time. But today I want to explore other significant dates in history and what they meant. Always from everything emerge some ideas and some concepts that give us purpose in our journey. It was on January 27th of 1945 that Auschwitz was liberated when Ukrainian troops managed to create their advances, and as a result, that was the beginning of the end for the Third Reich. When Auschwitz was liberated, what the world saw was absolute horror. Hannah Arendt later on described uh, that moment of what Nazis did during the Holocaust as the banality of evil, the very zenith of what man was capable of doing. But out of the peril of Auschwitz, out of the peril of the concentration camps, arose the concept of logotherapy, arose the genius of Viktor Frankl, who said things like this, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies the growth and our freedom. What is to give light must endure burning. So just about every date has some very great ideas around it. Liberation creates a freedom for people. Occupation creates a peril for people. But almost all dates around human history, and I'm going to concentrate around a 25-year period, starting around the end of World War II all the way up to the late 60s and the landing on the moon. That uh, 25-year period saw some incredible happenings that there was excitement the moment they happened, there was exhaustion because of the test of it happening, and there was encouragement because of the truth that came out of it. So in January of 45, we heard that Auschwitz was liberated. You fast forward to the 15th of August, 1947, and India gains its independence. The Union Jack of Great Britain is lowered. The tricolor of India is raised. And all the colonial rule of the 200 years is now in the past. Mahatma Gandhi's idea for a free India is now at hand. And a fledgling republic begins its own charter. It writes its own, uh, its own place in history and begins its build. 
On August 14th of 1947, Pakistan got its independence from Britain, and also at that time came the turmoil of the separation with India. So there was excitement in the eyes of those that fought for independence. There was exhaustion because of the trials that followed, because in the ensuing separation, they say more people died in the partition between India and Pakistan than died in the entire struggle for freedom. Exhaustion because of the test. So today, when you look at dates of significance and ask yourself what they mean to you, sometimes there's excitement because of the celebration in the moment. It's a birthday. You begin to realize that, hey, it's my birthday. You get wishes on Facebook. You may have to adjust your privacy status so that more people can post on your page. Uh, like I have to do because the messenger does not re give you the, the, the buzz you need for that excitement. You are born, hallelujah. Then there's exhaustion. Suddenly you realize you've had a lot of trips around the sun. Then there's encouragement because of the truth. Many people didn't live towards this birthday. So after August 15th of 1947, uh, Pakistan gains its independence on the 14th. India gains its independence on the 15th. Two republics, uh, two uh, independent nations are now trying to chart their course in history. And then January 30th of 1948, Mahatma Gandhi is suddenly dead. And his nonviolent struggle came to a violent end. It is just the facts of history. Like I said, I try to thread the needle between, and as the introduction said, I try to give hope at the junction of availability and ability. Now, after Mahatma Gandhi died in 1948, the world is now captivated by his journey, including those that are starting to study the nonviolent way, is one Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, who is a young uh, graduate uh, in the 50s and from Boston University and is beginning to take on the mantle of civil rights in the United States on his back. He, in 1964, is, of course, awarded the Nobel Prize. But before Mahatma, after Mahatma Gandhi died and before Martin Luther King came on the scene, the world saw three years of Camelot. In January of 1960, John F. Kennedy is inaugurated to those immortal words, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. He announces a space race and saying by the end of this decade, we will be the first to put the man on the moon. The engineers at NASA said it was because of the deliberate idea, the excitement around one man's dream, that there was this desire to do it. The exhaustion that followed may have been huge. Can you imagine at that time with limited technology come trying to put three people in a crude crucible and hurtling them to space on the back of a rocket, hoping that they would circumnavigate the moon and eventually make it back into the Earth's atmosphere? All of this so that we could see what the moon was all about. Man has not done very much with the moon since, except sing about it. But John F. Kennedy had an idea. He birthed an excitement in the nation with the three years of Camelot. But then, alas, in 20, in, on the 22nd of November in 1963, John F. Kennedy meets his fateful end at the end of an assassin's bullet in Dallas, Texas. Well, in 1963, if you're looking at dates on the 22nd, two other people died. One was Aldous Huxley and the other was C.S. Lewis. Aldous Huxley uh, immortalized the words, I want my life to have no purpose because then I can continue to participate in my own erotic dysfunction. And C.S. Lewis uh, of Narnia fame and mere Christianity became one of the great apologists of our time. 
So all of this is happening at a rapid pace. At every juncture, every date, someone is being born on the horizon. Someone is creating a great move on the horizon. There is an excitement in the moment it happens. There is an exhaustion uh, in because of the test of how it's happening. And there's an encouragement because of the truth that's coming out of it. Dr. King's truth takes care of most of the 60s. And in 19th, after he studies Mahatma Gandhi, he has actually a chance to meet uh, Eunice Jones, who is the daughter of E. Stanley Jones, a pioneering Methodist missionary who befriended Mahatma Gandhi in India. And Reverend King once told Mrs. Matthews of his deep appreciation for her father, the late Dr. Uh, Stanley Jones, who was a personal friend and biographer of Mahatma Gandhi. Because it was reading Jones' biography that prompted King to adopt a doctrine of nonviolence in the civil rights movement. If you want more data on this, go to the E. Stanley Jones Foundation website and you'll see some of the correspondence between Stanley Jones and Mahatma Gandhi. You'll see some of the works there that were actually uh, important in inspiring Dr. King. The 60s are roaring right now. The civil rights movement is creating great upheaval in the United States. People are taking to the streets in protest. Dr. King begins to be the face of this, and suddenly, in 1964, in October, he is awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. 8th of December of 1964, he says this, I refuse to accept the idea that the isness of man's present nature makes him morally incapable of reaching up for the eternal oughtness that forever confronts him. I refuse to accept the idea that man is mere flotsam and jetsam in the river of life unable to influence of the unfolding events which surround him. I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. And then in April 4th of 1968, Dr. King is assassinated. So suddenly we see the, the excitement of a man uh, trying to find a new way to defeat an enemy through the nonviolence, struggles something from, uh, and struggles to learn something from half a world away, embraces the idea of nonviolence and non-cooperation that allowed an entire republic to free itself from 200 years of colonialism. Dr. King then decides to embrace the ideals of Mahatma Gandhi and actually studies Mahatma Gandhi's ways, methods, and means. The 60s are important because on one side we saw the erasure of hope of a young man of just 1,000 days called Camelot that, uh, that brought the space race onto the horizon and made great gallant claims about what a new world would look like. The 60s also saw Dr. King but dates are important because as 1968 comes about, there is great upheaval. Hope has now been extinguished. The face and the light of this new idea of non-cooperation and non-violence and talking about God's way, because after all, he was a reverend, is now suddenly bleak. There is darkness. Frankel's words come back to us when he says, anything that is to give light must endure burning. If you want to read a great book, read Viktor Frankl's book that was birthed out of his experiences in Auschwitz called Man's Search for Meaning. But then we land on 1969 and 20th of July, the moon landing is now here. John F. Kennedy's prediction to the world that America would win the lunar race, the engineers at NASA who believed in the encouragement of that man suddenly are now clapping 
wildly as the, the lunar capsule makes its uh, descent and the Neil Armstrong utters those immortal words, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I was a lad of about seven watching that event unfold on a black and white television in a storefront window in Hong Kong. As much as the world was gripped with what this giant leap would be, I was mesmerized by the escalator behind in the department store window, and my dad will tell you, as childhood innocence is, it can be exhausted by monotony, as Chesterton said. So I would ride the down escalator by trying to go up, and I would try to go uh, up, uh, you know, I would try to go down the up escalator, or whichever way that worked. I exhausted myself by trying to put 10 cents into a vending machine because I'd never seen one in India. I was mesmerized by a soft serve ice cream. All the same time, man has now landed on the moon. If you look at all of these dates, they mean something. Every time there was excitement around a date, there was exhaustion because of what that date meant to people. There was work that had to be done. After Auschwitz, Germany had to rebuild its reputation that was not the envy of the world at that time, and went on to become an engineering superpower. Now the sign of luxury in everybody's driveway is either a BMW or a Mercedes. England went through the same thing in its own rebuilding after colonialism ended, and this little island that had one time boasted that the sun would not set on the Queen's empire was in its own rebuilding. And today, if you go to England, you will see remnants of colonialism as part of the inhabitants of that country, where people from every, almost every colony they had around the world called themselves citizens of the new Great Britain. So what's in a date? Whether it's July 4th and it's independence, or whether it is August 15th and it is uh, independence in another part of the world, wherever it is, whether it's independence in mind, thought, or spirit, Humanity has always had the same three moods around a date. First, there is excitement because of the moment. There is wild jubilation when awards are received on certain dates because struggles have come to an end. When flags are lowered and other flags are raised, people stand and salute the same backs that were bent over carrying the burden of someone else's oppression are now standing a little more free and a little more proud. There's exhaustion because of the enduring test. It is hard to build something that has just been birthed. It is hard to keep up with the pace of something that has just been established. There's only a first time that something can be done, but there is exhaustion because of the test. But always when you look back, there is encouragement because of the truth. So let's end where we started. 244 years have passed since 56 men signed a declaration. And in that declaration, they were actually committing treason. Great trials ensued. Great wars were fought. Brother was pit against brother. And 244 years later, the country is going through a different set of turmoils and tribulations. But this July 4th, this July 20th, the next January 27th, the next August 15th, the next December of 1960, the next December uh, date in uh, 2020 or beyond. Ask yourself, what's in a date? Am I excited because it happened? Am I able to comprehend the exhaustion because of the test? Or do I see encouragement because of the truth? 
Until the next date, God bless. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at chrisdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.